Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. So I'd like to start with Genesis 1 verse 14. It says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Now, there are physical things. The world of science and observation where we use our eyes and our minds and our senses to measure things, that is an important world. And God has given us that ability as human beings to see planets and stars and the rotation of the earth and how it takes a year to go around the sun and all these different seasons and and observable things. God has given us the ability to understand these and it says here that God put that in place. The seasons, the time that it takes for a year to happen, all the different things, God designed it. And it wasn't just out of chance because we see throughout the Bible that everything physical that God made, he made as a pattern and a picture of something spiritual and greater. So there's time which is limited and finite but it's a picture of eternity which is infinite. There are physical things, our bodies, nature, the seasons, the the times, but they are pictures of eternal things and spiritual important things. And Adam and Eve were in touch with both, the eternal and the physical, but then they sinned and we went away from God, and so for many, many thousands of years, human beings have just been relying on what we can see and measure, and many, many people have forgotten the eternal significance. But I wanna look at the spiritual significance of years and seasons and new years and times and dates today. Interestingly, after the flood, Noah's flood, there was this massive flood that just wiped out life on planet Earth and Noah and his seven relatives thought, wow, is everything gone? But straight after that, God put a rainbow in the sky and he said, I'm never gonna use a flood to destroy life again and there will always be seed time and harvest, summer and winter, day and night, the seasons, the times are gonna remain because they teach us something. So, let's look at, first of all, a day. I'm gonna go quite quickly. I'm gonna look at days, months, years, Seven years, 50 years. That's my sermon outline today. First of all, a day. Why did God make days? Have you ever wondered why we have to go to sleep and be unconscious every day just to function and why it gets dark and then it gets light again? Why did God make that? What was that all about? I believe he's reminding us, A, that we need rest, but also there's a new start. Psalm 30 verse five says, his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. His anger is but for, you know that that horribleness at night. Have you ever had this where in the dark of the night, in the wee hours of the morning, you think the most fearful and weird and outrageous thoughts? Have you ever had that? His anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. When the sun comes up, ah, light and joy. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. What about this one? Through the Lord's mercies, this is Lamentations 3, 19. 
verse 22. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. His mercies, that's the Hebrew word chesed, which is the equivalent of grace in the New Testament. Through his grace, his mercy, his never-ending love, we are not consumed. At night, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm going to be consumed, or when I sleep, it's like I'm dead for a little bit. We're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. As I wake up, I'm reminded God is faithful. I didn't die in the night, and his faithfulness is new every morning. His mercy is new every morning. His faithfulness remains. Right, Jesus quoted this verse, Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. It'll come up on your screen. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So the Israelites were wandering in the desert. They were hungry. They were desperate. And God said, I'm going to give you food every single day. When you wake up, you go out, and there will just be bread lying on the ground. And they picked it up, and they said, what is it? And the Hebrew for what is it is mana, mana. So they started calling it, what is it? And it's manna, and it was faithfully provided by God every single day. But on the sixth day, they had to gather double because on the seventh day, it wasn't there. And so we now start to see a sign of the weak as being part of God's plan. But God provided manna every single day. If they tried to gather two days' worth on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it would go rotten. There was just enough manna for that day. And Jesus said this was given... In fact, Deuteronomy and Jesus said this was given to teach us that we need physical bread every day, but we need God's word every day. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Jesus went even further. He called himself the bread of life. He says, uh, Moses gave you manna, but I am the real bread of life, and he is called the word of God. So we need Jesus every day. Daily routines are part of God showing us we need him, and he's faithful, amen? I don't know if we really are grateful enough that we wake up every morning. It's an awesome thing. God is faithful. All right, let me move on. Weekly Sabbaths. There are many verses. Let me just read Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day. To keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but, in the seventh, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. He really made it clear to them, everyone must rest one day out of seven. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it or made it holy. God has designed our bodies to rest one day out of seven. Did you know in 1929, the Soviet Union tried to change the length of a week? They tried to make it a five-day working week with everybody getting one day out of five off. And it was a miserable failure because people's bodies just couldn't handle it and it just didn't work. And the society almost collapsed. So they said, okay, we'll try and make it six. 
Miserable failure. Okay, we'll go back to what God designed, seven-day week. Every culture in the world uses a seven-day week, even if they haven't heard of the Bible. Did you know that? Every culture goes with a seven-day week, and people have tried to puzzle it out. Why seven? Because it doesn't divide easily into anything. But God has made us such, in such a way that we are like him, and he wanted to teach us a greater truth. We need to rest. We need to recuperate. We need to refresh. Now, that is a physical principle. Your body needs rest. But it's a picture of a spiritual principle that we can't work hard enough to get to heaven. And so the whole of the New Testament, Jesus challenged the ideas of the Sabbath. He says, if your donkey falls into a pit on the Sabbath or your child, you save it, shall I be able to heal someone on the Sabbath? He was testing the Pharisees to see if they really understood. It's not about laws and rules. It's about God showing his love. He says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And then in Hebrews chapter four, there's a lovely passage describing how we are at rest in the New Testament. Let me read it to you. Hebrews four verse nine. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered God's rest has himself also ceased from his own works as God did from his. As believers, the Sabbath is a picture that we enter into God's rest. He says you can't earn your salvation. You can rest in me and you will be forgiven and accepted into heaven. It's not about what you do. It's about what I have done. Rest in my salvation. So we do try and rest once a week, but we're not religious about it but we rest in God's salvation and that helps us to get through life, helps us to live forever with him. That's a week. What about months? Did you know that uh, the Jewish calendar is amazingly detailed in the Old Testament? At the start of every month, there's a new moon festival. So they celebrated the beginning of every month. And then in the springtime, March, April, May, there are several feasts or, or festivals. There's the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the First Fruits, and Pentecost. There are four festivals in that springtime where they every year remember God, they give first fruits, they give the best of their harvest to God. Uh, they remember the Passover, how the lamb was sacrificed for their sins to be forgiven. Uh, there's many, many beautiful pictures in all of those feasts. And then in the autumn, there are another three. There's Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And these are annual things that happen. So every month and then every year there are these feasts and there are cycles and God says it's important that you do them. It's important. In fact, out of his tithe system, his giving of money system in the Old Testament, he said you put aside 10% of your income to have a party at these festivals to rejoice with your family, have the best food and drink that you can find. God wants us to put things in place yearly and monthly so that we remember him. And Jesus is the fulfillment of those feasts. I don't have time to do, go into all of it right now. 
But I just want to read you this one verse. Again, I'm, I'm doing a summary today. We could speak a lot on all of these things. But Colossians 2 verse 16 says this. Speaking of us as New Testament believers, we've seen all the Old Testament. We've seen Christ coming for us to pay for our sins. Now we live after Christ. And Colossians 2 verse 16 says this. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths. He says, don't let anyone judge you regarding all of these physical practices that were in the Old Testament. You say, well, I choose to, to not do the new moon festivals like they did in the Old Testament. I choose to have a Sabbath on a Tuesday. I choose this, I choose that. He says, don't let anyone judge you regarding those physical things. Why? Verse 17, they are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment of all of those things. And when you have Jesus, you have all of those. Those were physical things pointing to a spiritual reality. So Passover, the lamb being sacrificed is a picture of Christ dying on the cross for us. Pentecost is a picture of the Holy Spirit being poured out for us. All of those different feasts and the new moon things and the new year's things are all pictures, but they're rich in symbolism. And when we study them, we can learn so much about what Christ has done for us. But the theme that goes through all of these is God's mercy is new. At every season, he brings a change in the seasons, a change in the clocks, a change in the months to remind us that his mercy is new, that we can remember, repent, and look forward and recommit, and his mercy is new. And often, they would give a first fruits offering at each of these stages to say, God, I give you the first and the best to dedicate this whole season to you. Right, let's go to the more unusual ones now. Sabbath years and, and then Sabbaths of Sabbath years, Jubilee years. I wonder if you've heard of this. Leviticus 25, verse four. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. And there are many verses I could read, but I'm gonna just summarize for you. Every seventh year in the Jewish calendar, every Hebrew person's debts were canceled. Wow, imagine that. There was a surrender of all the produce for the poor. Everything that was produced from the land, people just ate without working the land, and the poor could just have as much as they wanted. There was the liberation of every Hebrew slave. Every Hebrew slave or servant was set free in the seventh year. And this was just a repeating cycle in the Old Testament. And then, after seven of those Sabbaths, seven times seven is 49, in the 50th year, Leviticus 25 verse 11, that 50th year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine. And again, this is when it got even greater. 
In the 50th year, all slaves were set free, whether they were Hebrew or foreign, whether they'd been captured, whether they'd sold themselves into slavery, everyone was set free in the 50th year. All land, all land returned to its original owner. So imagine you got very poor, you had to sell your land, uh, you had to sell your house, you had to borrow a whole lot of money, all land reverted to its original owner and all debts were canceled, whether Jews or Gentiles, everybody's debts were canceled. And it was called the, the year of the Lord's favor or the acceptable year of the Lord. And Jesus, when he starts his ministry, he comes out of the desert, he's been um, fasting or, or, or not eating for 40 days and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's quoting from the Old Testament this Jubilee year. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Good news to the poor. Can you imagine the poor in the Jubilee year? They get set free from slavery, all their debts get canceled, and all the things that they've had to sell to live come back to them. Good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Can you imagine those families that were split up because some had had to be slaves or they'd lost their possession, they'd had to travel. He's sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Everything's restored. To proclaim liberty to the captives, slaves are set free. You're no longer a slave of anyone. Uh, recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then Jesus puts the scroll down and he says, it's me. I am the Jubilee year. I'm here to bring it in. Now friends, this is the amazing good news. Please hear me now. Every single one of those spiritual principles that are given as a, a reminder to us every day, week, month, festival time, year, seven years, 50 years, every one of those spiritual principles is available for us as believers at any instant because of Christ. The, the jubilee year, I have my sins forgiven. My debts to God are canceled. And he starts to work it out in my life and my real physical life as well. All of those amazing benefits are available to us, but he still gives us first of January's, first of February's, Sunday's, 6 a.m. every morning. He gives us all of these reminders when the sun comes up, when the clock or the calendar changes, to say, remember the spiritual truth because we as humans need reminders, don't we? That's why we have communion. You know the bread and the cup that represent Jesus' body and his blood? The reason he gave us a physical reminder the spiritual truth is there all the time, but we need, and it helps us to have something physical to look at and remember. Ah, it's true. I remember it now. As I take the bread and I taste it, and then I drink the, the juice, something happens and I remember again God's love and forgiveness. Jesus died for me. As the calendar clicks over to another year, I remember God is faithful. Every day, every week, every month, every year, every seven years, every 50 years, God reminds us again, I'm faithful, I love you, my mercy is new, my forgiveness is available, but he asked them every time to do several things. He asked them to remember, I wrote these down, sorry. He asked them to rest, 
At every single one of them, there was a period of rest. <sighs> Chill out a bit. Rest. Don't just keep working, working, working. Rest and recuperate. Number two, he asked them to remember. Remember all the good things God has done, all the ways God has saved us in the past. He asked us to rejoice. They had a party every time. Why do we rejoice? You might say, 2022 was not a year for me to rejoice about. We rejoice because God is with us. He has good plans. The future is bright with him. Amen? We rejoice. Number four, we repent. If there's anything that has been damaging us and making God unhappy in our lives, we turn aside from it and we put it away. Number five, we recommit to the Lord. A first fruits offering of our treasure, of our time, of our abilities. We give it to the Lord and we say, Lord, I'm giving you the first and the best. The first hour of my day, the first day of the month, the first tithe of my income, the first of my everything, I give to the Lord as a recommitment to him. And then lastly, we receive his grace. His mercy is new again. He says, I can make you whiter than snow as if you've never sinned before. I can give you a fresh start. Isn't that amazing? Let's stand together. And let's just focus on the Lord. I'm gonna ask you to think about it and ask the Lord, what is he saying to you today? What is he saying to you? Let's do all those things. Let's rest, let's remember, let's rejoice, let's repent, let's recommit, let's receive. Let's just allow it to wash over us again today. Let's think back for what we need to say thank you to God for in the past and what we need to receive of his promises for the year ahead. Let's repent of things that were not good and not helpful to us, to other people, to God. Let's recommit right now. Let's offer ourselves to him. And then let's receive his grace, his power, his help, his mercy, his enablement to do what he's called us to do. Thank you, Lord, for a blessing. Thank you for a blessing that you proclaimed on every season and time and every change of clock and calendar. And thank you, God, that that blessing rests upon us today. Thank you, God, for the year ahead and what it holds. Thank you, God, that you wipe away the past and the sins and the mistakes and the trauma of the past. And thank you, God, that you have a plan for us for this year ahead. I pray, Lord, in the next 20 minutes as we worship you, that you would start breathing promises and, and vision and, and power into our hearts and lives as we go into this year ahead. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.